Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to our multiverse. It is that time of the week. Everybody's favorite time. You know, everybody's favorite time of the week. Get to hear Jalen here, Damon here, talk about all things in our multiverse. Everyone's favorite time of the week. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's and we're just so pumped to talk about how the Seahawks lost to the stinking Raiders. <laughs> Those <laughs> Raiders coming off the bye week, we're like, all right, second half of the season. You know, we lost to the Bucks, but you know that's fine. Get stuff figured out, tuned up for the Raiders. Game. I did not go according to plan. We lose in overtime, forty. You know, forty points to the Raiders. Ugh. Well, I mean, the thing that makes me the maddest about it is, you know, it's not, of course, obviously we thought we we're going to win, but I didn't think it was going to necessarily be easy. I said and mentioned to anybody who ever asked me about the game that the Raiders have weapons. Like they, they have a lot of weapons. They should be a better team. So you don't want to take them lightly. And I don't think the Seahawks should ever take anybody lightly. And especially when you get ran over by the Bucks like you did and when they were the worst run offense in the yeah. NFL going into that game and so you go to the bye week usually do better after the buys or, or do well after a bye think okay I mean yeah they might not shut their run game down but they should be better than they were against the Bucks. nope you give up 212 yards to, to Josh Jacobs alone and he had over 300 yards yeah. of total offense just the one player like and look he is a really good running back but that's like <laughs> that's like maybe gonna go down as the best game of his entire that's career <laughs> and he walks it off at the end and you know they weren't doing a great job running the ball as as or stopping the run as is and then Neil goes out with an injury right before overtime, or was it in? In no, it was right before overtime. Because on the first play of overtime, you immediately see <laughs> how Jones just kills us anytime he's in there. He takes another horrible angle, and he wasn't the only one. But just like it was when we were, you know, really bad against the run early in the season. You know, certain players especially stand out, you know, him and Barton. And and even Diggs, like it's suddenly it's like, yeah, Diggs had some picks, but his angles were awful. Like what what are you guys doing? Like, uh, just Yeah. It three weeks ago, we're six and three, and we're like, man, they're making you they're making you think crazy. And and look, we've been realistic, really. We've been saying it, you know that for us like making the playoffs would be great getting a home playoff game winning the division and getting a home playoff game would be great and and more than we could even ask for but just making the playoffs would be great but when they're six and three and everything is looking so good you're like well you never know because not everybody looks great and this has been a crazy season so you start you know mentioning 
thinking about, oh, could they win the Super Bowl? And then they have these two weeks, and now you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> so, so now the question is, are we contenders? You know, the Raiders game And then this loss is very... That, that's, I think this is a big eyebrow raiser compared to the one. Raiders have arguably the most disappointing team in the this season. You know, they got Devontae Adams and they and they weren't doing pretty much enough to be continues to win it. They're at the bottom of the barrel. And then coming off the bye we pulled this off and it's just like oh my goodness this at all it's concerning for you know we're hoping for you know that we were hoping to have at tender big like a Cinderella you know and it's you know for a lot of people, I think, you know, a lot of fans, it's like, get back. Really excited? Yeah. Jump in the gun. What we could do? It's like, we get it. It's excited. And everything. We do kind of got to, you know. Uh, pump the brake. Because they weren't even supposed to be at this point, you know. Five through eleven games, I that's still, pre- you know, eleven games in a season compared to gonna be at this point in the season, you know. And now we just really gotta take things slowly instead of jumping the gun. Well, and then they've been in every game, you know. Minus the 49ers game, which, which again, you know, we were still in it in the fourth quarter, as we talked about, but it still doesn't give you like that total confidence. The next two weeks heading into the 49ers game is going to, they're huge. Like, you don't want to lose to yeah. the Rams when they have all their issues. I mean, talk about disappointing team. Like, they really have to be the most disappointing team when you come up the Super Bowl and yeah. you're just... I mean, they're not even kind of good <laughs> right now. And plus injuries, you know, yeah. Cup is still going to be out. Aaron Donald might be out. Stafford might still be out. I I think I heard yeah. Alan Robinson might be out too. I'm like, so you're going to, they're going to be minus possibly all those guys. You have to win that game. Then you got the Panthers. And it's not like the Panthers have been slouches ever since, you know, they fired Matt Rule. The first game, yes. But after that, they've been, they've won games. They've been competitive in games. And so, you know, you can't I'm take that sure one. Technically- yeah, I mean, because aren't the Bucks in first and they're five and six? Yeah. I believe. So yeah, it's not. I'm not saying that there's some you know great team or anything like that. But I'm just saying again, you can't take anything for granted. 
and you can't just think, oh, well, we got this. Like, no, especially on the defensive side, you have got to take everything seriously. Know your know your assignments, know your gaps, make plays, make tackles. Like uh, some of the tackling just drives crazy. Sometimes I'm like, what are you guys doing? And then I hear the excuses. I'm like, you know, they don't, they don't get to practice tackling as much. I'm like, what? I, I don't want to hear that. Like they, these aren't, these aren't guys who, most of the guys who are missing tackles aren't rookies, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So that's one thing if, It'd be, it'd be one thing if we're watching, you know, Kobe or Tariq, you know, keep missing tackles still. But no, you're watching Diggs coming up and not even trying to wrap up and putting his head down and then whiffing. And you're, you know, Brooks missing tackles and, and you know, Barton missing tackles and guys, you know, getting near the quarterback, but not being able to bring him down and just, it's... <sighs> It's funny because, you know, like I said, like for four weeks, they turned it around and you were like, well, that's kind of before they went on that win streak. We were saying, oh, you know, every game is kind of a toss up because the defense had been so bad. And when they got good, it was like or played better. And you could say, oh, was it just the opponents that we played against? Because, well, we played, uh, you know, the Giants, the Cardinals, uh, the Chargers. And then who mm-hmm. else did we in that four game? After the Chargers was... Oh, gee, uh, who was after the Chargers? But, you know, like the Chargers would be... They definitely have weapons and stuff like that and the quarterback and all that. But at that time, especially, they weren't looking very good. The Cardinals weren't looking good at all. And and I, you know, you know all the teams. It was Chargers and then... Cardinals twice, right? Well, because it was a four-game winning streak. Oh, yes, yes. So I was like, so yeah, it's like, there wasn't anything super impressive. Like any, any, because they weren't shutting down some high-powered, well-playing team. Like the Giants had the best record, but they didn't have some high-powered offense. So it was like, okay, then you go against the Bucks, and yes, they hadn't been great, but they have all these weapons. And same thing with the Raiders. They have all these weapons. So that was the thing that I was worried about early on, but then again, the defense started playing so good, you kind of like, okay, well, here's the test. And they didn't get lit up by the Bucks necessarily, so you were still kind of like, okay, you know, they just got to shore that up. But now that you saw it again against the Raiders, you're like, uh-oh. But the next two weeks, you don't have these loaded teams before the 49ers. So you have to win these games. And the defense has to not just play better, but you have to see things. Like you have to see sure tackling. And you have to see, you know, the guys making sure they're in their gaps and they're being sound and all their stuff. And because if you, if you're, run defense especially and if you can't get to the quarterback because it wasn't just the run defense they weren't touching car you know I mean yeah. they sacked him one and I mean when we were watching it was like he just seemed like he had all day to throw 
going against the 49ers with McCaffrey and with Debo, you you can't do that. So yeah, the next two weeks mean a lot. I said, are we a contender or are we a pretender? Like we're gonna find out. I mean, we should win the next two. And, and, And I said, go five and two. You know, in these last seven games, and we're good. As, and as long as you beat the Niners, you should still win the division. Well, they've already lost one. So now you got to go five and one. And you still have your back-to-back games against the Niners and the Chiefs. And so, and then you can't drop any, you can't drop one to the Rams. You can't lose to the Bandits. You can't lose to the Jets, who all of a sudden look like an offensive juggernaut with Mike White as a quarterback. <laughs> I know, it's hey. just one game but <laughs> still right you be they were just starting the wrong one exactly but yeah um, it wasn't a great show but you know like I remember in years past I would say that every time the Seahawks were struggling the 49ers came to town and that's how we usually got back on it and I even kind of said at the beginning of this year I was like not that we were struggling because what it was the was it the second game of the season can't even remember now <laughs> but uh it was oh yeah yeah the season, this but, yeah it was the second game yeah and uh mm-hmm. it was you know we were, we were one to know but we were like oh we're gonna be two and no because it's the Niners you know and it was always like oh and the Niners come to town they can we, we usually cure some woes. And I think this year, hopefully it's the Rams that that's the case, you know, coming off two, two losses where you give up that many rushing yards. And so hopefully play the Rams, kick their butts, get, get the feeling better. Because offensively, I mean, they put up 34 points. And, and really, it feel like you still should have won that game because, you know, the DK play, I mean, yes, we're Seahawks fans. I was a catch. Like, you look, usually if I don't really believe in something, I, I wouldn't say it. If I'm like, oh, that should have been, or, you know, it was pass interference, but, you know, they didn't call it. Like, I think it should have been called. I'll say it. You know, I'm fine with that. If I, or if I do think, you know, that that wasn't a catch, I would say, no, it wasn't. I thought it was a catch. Like, you know, I don't care how many times you reviewed something. Like, it was called a catch, and oh, you could say, oh, the ball moved. But the ball can move sometimes. It's, a, it's not about if it moves. It's about did you lose possession or did you not – was it not clear, like, that you had it? Not that you bobbled it. Like, it can move, but you still have it. You know, so they, they got all those yeah. things, and I just thought this time was a bit – I thought they nitpicked that one a lot. Like I saw somebody on Twitter was like, if they if they scrutinized every catch that yep. people ever got like that catch, then nothing would be a completion. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like <laughs> it really, they did scrutinize that one ridiculously. And but that being said, and in, in, in even the Jacobs possible fumble where they blew the whistle or or said that his forward progress was stopped and they took the fumble away. We could complain about those if we want, but we couldn't stop the run to save our lives. So, no, 
if we would have won, we would have just been like, oh, we got away with one. We snuck, you know, you know, we, uh, we squeaked by them because we probably didn't deserve to win that game, but we didn't. And so here we are. <laughs> it's like defense needs to get better. Coach them boys up. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, just need to improve. Do better, guys. You know, with that uh, loss, what? we're now on the bubble in the playoff picture looking at, you know, the bracket at the moment, right? Uh, eighth in the conference in the NFC, you know, the teams in right now, Philadelphia at one, Philadelphia Eagles at 10 and one, Minnesota Vikings at number two with a nine and two record. 49ers are the three seed, seven and four, leading the NFC West. Uh, the Buccaneers, leaders of the NFC South, at a whopping five and six. The Dallas Cowboys, fifth seed at eight and three. The Giants are seven and four at the sixth seed. And the seventh seed is the Commanders right now at seven and five, along with a terrible Sean Taylor statue. I'm not even a statue. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that that was not a statue, but it was terrible. But the the NFC East has all of their teams in right now, which is pretty crazy. That is really crazy. And you know, I don't. I mean, it's just been that year, right? Like, not surprised, right? But I would be surprised at. The way the Giants played this last week, like I think almost everybody is like they are about to just go into a tailspin. But we'll see, right? I mean, you they're never play, know. They're like, playing the Commanders. They're playing Heineke this week's. For our sake, you know, we we kind of want both of those teams to start, you know, going in the tank. So, like you said, they're playing each other. So you want want the Giants to lose right now because right now they still have the better record but yeah either way and plus I think he's got that dog in yeah he does <laughs> even though somebody was saying that to say it's statistically Carson Wentz is better at in every phase of the game statistically than uh Heineke but he's they just not a winner no, they win with Heineke. They just, they just like him. And it's and in his DNA, th- man. It's genetics. Just those things, like people. There's intangibles. There's stuff that you can't measure, and that's why sometimes I get so mad. Like if somebody is, you know, in if they're winning, but oh, it's not exactly the way that the coach wants it or the team. It's like they're win, but they're winning. Who cares? Like don't, don't switch it up for what. Just keep going. Is that, is that thing we talked about with Hanegi before? You know, he's he's in there, and they just it just makes the team better. They just play better with him leading them. They just whatever yeah. it is, he got something that just makes them better. They like his leadership or something, or or either that or they just hate Wentz that much. <laughs> so yeah, but. What's the AFC playoff picture looking like? In the AFC, at, at the top, number one, the Kansas City Chiefs sitting at nine and two. 
at number two in the AFC. The Miami Dolphins at eight and three. They are now currently leading the AFC East, no longer the Bills division. Uh, at the moment, they've been struggling. The Tennessee Titans at number three, leading the AFC South at seven and four, and then at four, the Baltimore Ravens at seven and four, leading the AFC North. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson going on Twitter, taking shots at people. Buffalo Bills at number five, sitting at eight and three, second in their division. At six is the Bengals at seven and four, second in the AFC North. And then at seven is the Jets at seven and four. Nice. Who's on the bubble? Bubble at eight is the Patriots at the moment. You got the Chargers. And then at 10. Is actually the Colts <laughs> with their with their great uh, use of timeouts by Jeff Saturday in the th- in the Monday night loss. <sighs> and, you know, Manning take so right. This is a little bit different for him. They don't have to call the timeouts. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, that I didn't realize that. That the Dolphins overtook the Bills, and we'll see. I mean, same record, same same thing within with Baltimore and the Bengals. I actually would have assumed that the Bengals were over, but I didn't look at the standings just because the Ravens lost. But I could totally see the Bills and the Bengals still winning those divisions because you know same records and still a lot of football. If I think the Bengals are playing better right now. But yeah, yeah we'll see. So what's yeah, the Yeah, exactly. There so was uh, so uh, so they lost to the Jaguars. Obviously, they gave it the comeback and they lost by one or whatever. And it had gone down to Tucker, seven yard field goal or whatever, and yeah. he missed. And so, right. just some fan on Twitter, you know. Obviously, a lot of people say a lot of things on Twitter, you know, for their teams and stuff like that in those situations. So someone said, you know, someone, a QB asking for like 250 mil guaranteed should not be letting a game against the Jaguars go down to the kicker, you know, and just, I think he tagged the Ravens and said, let Lamar walk and use the money to, you know, build the rest of the team. And Lamar, uh, explicit response to (laughs) that tweet. Probably can't really repeat what he said, but yeah. I mean, look, is. You could make that argument. Like I, I think he's wrong. I mean, they're seven and four. They're still in first. Yeah. Should they have lost to the Jags? Well, no. But if you go back to a couple weeks into the season, we're thinking, oh, the Jags are gonna possibly be in the running for their division, you know. And so they're still a team that's learning, and they've been a little bit more exciting recently. You know, they've won a couple games recently and, you know, and the Ravens have been a little bit up and down, 
uh, or they'll they'll have leads, but their fourth quarters haven't been good. Yeah. And you could say, well, I mean, in that in the person who made that tweet and that in that person's defense, isn't the fourth quarter? Isn't that when the quarterback is supposed to put the game away or win the game? Like that's that's where you get your who, who cares what you do in the first three quarters? It's about the fourth quarter, right? That's what was always the case yeah. here in Seattle. You know, Pete. Can you win the game in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Can you win it in the first quarter? No. Second. No. Third. No. <laughs> so, I mean, <clears throat> but yeah, it's like. It really just depends how you feel the rest of the team is. I do you think that in a Super Bowl with Lamar if they can't put anything else around him? And that is kind of a legit question. But guess what? That's why they didn't pay him yet. Because yeah. they're not sure. They're not positive about that either. Because if they were, he would be paid already. Now wouldn't he? So that person or Lamar can say what he wants, but that's what his team is thinking. <laughs> so anyway, interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I just seen people talking about it the other day. So I just looked at the tweet. And I was like, oh, geez. So yeah, he was, was a fan. That that's guy. funny. Sometimes, you know, like I don't. I don't think that he needs to say anything. Like, let I bet you anything, people in that guy's mentions already said a bunch of stuff in defense of Lamar. Like, you don't, I know you're upset and everything, but you don't even have to respond. You don't have to block them. You don't have, you don't have to do anything in that regard. So, I mean, it kind of looks, in a way, it looks bad on you. Not really to me. I don't care. But I could see how some people... Yeah. It would get mad at him for saying anything. It's like, oh, so you're gonna attack some, you know, some guy for having his opinion? Like, pretty much, because again, your own, you know, team is kind of that opinion right now. Until they pay you, then they're of that opinion too. <laughs> they're still trying to figure it out. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, real quick. Well, I guess this might take a minute. This is still NFL related, but it's more kind of a, this is like a Tyler Lockett appreciation type thing, but it's also, uh, it's going to, I'm going to talk about some other Seahawks receivers too. The Lockett hasn't been getting his love really. And, and we talked about the beginning of the year, how there was no Seahawks in the top 100 players in the NFL. And when Lockett and DK weren't on there, that's when I was like, wait, what? And I guess you could you could say DK maybe not just because he, you know, he didn't get to a thousand yards last year or whatever. Yeah. But I still thought it was ridiculous. But Lockett has been thousand yard receiver, what, you know, three straight years, going on four this year. And he has just been steady. He's I mean, he's amazing. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And next year, he's going to pass, well, barring anything crazy, he's going to pass Brian Blades to be the number two uh, leading receiver in Seahawks history. He's already the number two in total touchdowns. He passed, or in receiving touchdowns, I should say. He passed the Baldwin earlier this season. And, uh, so I did a little comparison 
Uh, so, uh, if you don't know, Brian Blades is the Seahawks' number two all-time leading receiver with 581 catches for 7,607 yards. So Lockett is on pace to pass those numbers next year. And so he'd be across the board, the number two receiver in Seahawks history. And I think he would be the second best once he does that, because I mean, you could, you could make the argument that he is right now. And then DK, depending on what he could do, he, he could possibly pass him, but Lockett doesn't look like yeah. he's slowing down anytime soon. So he's got a few more seasons where if he's putting up the same kind of numbers, like he's going to get. So hold on real quick. I'll tell you what I have written down. We'll talk more about Lockett. So I was comparing the, the three guys who are pretty much considered the number two receiver in Seahawks history, like the second best, not, not necessarily their numbers, but what most people would say, if you ask Seahawks fans, most Seahawks fans are going to say, well, Steve Largent's number one, of course. And then fans are going to say Baldwin. Some are going to say Lockett. And some might forget to say Blades, but there's going to be a lot that are going to say Blades because they remember. And I, and I made a Brian Blades YouTube highlight video because I couldn't find any and I thought it was ridiculous. So I made one. <laughs> so go check it out. You can check my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet on, on, on my Twitter at your own brump. Check that out in case you forgot. But I compared their numbers after eight years, Baldwin and Blades. But then I also, Lockett's in his eighth year. And this doesn't count the game against the Raiders. But these are their numbers. And they pretty much played the same amount of games. So that's why even though he hasn't finished the season, he's actually played more games than Brian Blades did after eight. Mm. So, so Brian Blades... 118 games, 493 catches, 6,561 yards, 30 touchdowns, 13.3 yards per catch. Doug Baldwin, 123 games, 493 catches. This exact same number as Blades. 6,563 yards. Two more than Blades. 49 touchdowns, so he's got him in touchdowns. 13.3 yards per catch. Tyler Lockett. 121 games, 503 catches, 6,707 yards, 50 touchdowns, 13.3 yards per catch. Those are insanely similar numbers for the three of them. And, you know, Baldwin and Lockett got him on touchdown, but I, I could make the argument for, for Blades that, you know, he had like 57 different quarterbacks throwing in the ball during that time. Like, literally, there were nine that I could name, and there might be more. And I'll name them. Craig, uh, Kemp, Doffer, Breeze, Gilbaugh, uh, oh, who am I? Oh, Dan McGuire, um, Warren Moon, John Kitna. And I'm forgetting one. Dang it. I had him. Did I say Kemp already? It was Jack yes. or Jeff. I can't remember which Kemp. <laughs> but, uh, ah, there's somebody I'm forgetting. Oh, Meyer. Of course. I forget Meyer. The other number three. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, like all those guys, you know, throwing in the ball. And, and a lot of those guys started a lot of games. Like they might not have played the whole season, but they might have played half the season, 
six games and then the next season the same thing like he had multiple seasons where at least four different quarterbacks started multiple games for him so the inconsistency at quarterback for blades was was crazy so and you know baldwin and lockett had mainly i mean russell wilson except for one year for both of them so you know that that could explain the touchdowns it could not but anyways those guys even if lockett the win Lockett passes him in all these uh, in in all the statistical categories. You could still make the argument that he's the number two if if you wanted to, especially when you look at after you know the eight seasons how similar they were. But Blades, kind of like Baldwin, like injuries just got him. Baldwin just retired. He was like, uh, uh-uh. Blades kept trying to play. He played eleven years and. His 10th and 11th year, he really didn't do much, but he was a, he was a great receiver. So, but yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that and just say, you know, Lockett, if he continues, cause I don't, I don't know his exact statistics after last week. I don't remember what he, what he did in the game, but let's just say he gets, you know, 200 more catches in his career he's gonna be over 700 you know if he stays really healthy he could challenge Largent for the most catches I don't think he's gonna catch him in yards he's still got such a long way to go I mean he's only <laughs> halfway there and same thing with touchdowns I don't think he's gonna pass Largent but he could give Largent a run for for receptions but even that I don't really think so. I think it's a long shot, but you know, you could be looking at 700, 750 catches, over 10,000 yards, 75 touchdowns. Like he's going to put himself in to Hall of Fame range. It really depends on if the Seahawks can win, win a Super Bowl with him and what he can do in the playoffs. Cause because I'm not saying like like right now he would go to the Hall of Fame, but he could get himself up there. But he's definitely, you know, if he stays healthy the rest of this year or next year, you know, he'll pass Blades. And yeah, then it, maybe people will kind of take a look back at Blades because the the original 89 give him give him a little bit of love. But I mean, he's he's been number two for like 25 years or something like that. <laughs> That was a nice little run. But yeah, Lockett's amazing and he deserves more credit. And if he's not in the top one hitter for the next three years, it's ridiculous. For real. They got to start putting some respect on his name. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, remember I told you about that tweet I saw earlier in the year that was like, uh, who's the best out of these three? And it was him, Mike Williams, um, I can't even remember the other two now. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It's Lockett. Lockett's the best out of these four guys, and it's not even close. Yeah. And now here we are. You know, Mike Williams is out. It hasn't played in a while. And the other two, like, and I can't remember exactly who they were. I'd have to go. Was Devontae Smith one of them? No. There were guys that have all played like four or five seasons at least oh okay it, yeah it wasn't anybody too young it was guys that have been around but there were guys that have ha- oh, oh Marquise Brown or Hollywood Brown was one of them was the oh. other and then 
one more. <sighs> but yeah, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this isn't even a competition. Like, I know that these guys are, some of them are like physically better, you know, physically more talented than him. But those are the things that drive me crazy. Like, we were just talking about Heineke and the team believing him and, and all that. Like, look, I don't care if you're more talented. Are you better? Are you better? Yeah. None of those guys are better than Lockett. And there's probably only 10 receivers in the league that you could really say are better than Lockett. And and really right now, DK is not one of them. D- mm. DK is not the best receiver on the Seahawks. He's the most talented receiver on the Seahawks, but not the best receiver. You know, he's he hasn't reached that level yet but he's oh he's close don't get me wrong <laughs> he's yeah. really good he has all the tools and everything but he's just i mean when the seahawks need a catch need a play who makes it most of the time lock, lock it because he's the best receiver on the team <laughs> you know? and and i don't think that's a shot at dk at all because again dk is really close so and he will pass him soon i mean it could be it could be before the end of this year it could be next year but yeah the disrespect has it's gone on long enough tyler lockett is amazing and you know i know seahawk fans know it but everybody else needs to recognize go watch some go watch some highlights man <laughs> pay attention why is that guy always open why is he always making catches oh because he's really 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 good Maybe even good. There you go. Shout out, Lockett. <laughs> All right, we got some last one to talk about. Of course, he is. We do. We got a little bit. We had a. We had another pay per view. Survivor Series War Games. Oh. Nap. So the show kicked off. We got into it right away with the women's war games match. Bianca Belair, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Lynch defeating Damage Control, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. They did a lot of really cool stuff. Obviously, you know, it's war games, you know they're gonna bring in a bunch of weapons and stuff you had chairs you had trash cans you had tables you had handcuffs you know you had pretty much anything really you could think of i liked uh there was the little callback spot uh when nikki was handcuffing bliss and you know yelling at her about you know what she did and i was like oh yeah that's right bliss had abandoned her you know Whenever that was two years ago now, whatever it was, I was like, oh, I like that little, that yep. little detail. All right, there. Um, things matter. It makes sense, right? Yeah. So seeing that I was like, oh, nice. Makes it, you know, feel important, you know? And then, of course, you had EO just doing ridiculous things, moon salts off the top of the cage, just being incredible her and bianca got to do a little one-on-one because uh 
what started out, I think, was it Bianca and Dakota, and then EO came in, and EO and Bianca went a little one-on-one for a bit, and that was awesome. Becky Lynch, which was just crazy to see how we're seeing Becky Lynch in war games of all matches. I know, right? That's just a crazy reality. And that finish with Becky Lynch was insane. I did not, I did not have Becky Lynch jumping off the top of the cage on uh, my list of things I expected to see. Yeah, in this match, fresh, fresh off of an injury, right? Yes, her first match back, and the finish is. Leg drop off the top of the cage through the table to damage control for the win. Yeah, and oh, I mean, if there's a complaint, and it's really the only complaint because I thought it was all great, was just, you know, damage control taking another loss. But in this case, I don't, I guess it doesn't matter because, you know, it's a, a war games match. It would have been better for them had they won. But I I don't think it necessarily hurts them. Because you can say, oh, well, if Rhea didn't get knocked out with the green mist and all that stuff, then, because that kind of took her out, green mist and... Yeah. Uh, From Oscar. Yeah, so so then, you know, they're down a person and you're like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a good move right there. Good way to get somebody out of there and... Yeah, this, you can just say all oh, the, the other people dropped the ball. You the, you had the weak links, and you can kind of. I think you can, but I can see why people would be mad about it. So, but for me, yeah, it was great. Yeah, this was really good. Great way to kick off the show. Follow that up. You had AJ Styles and Finn Balor one on one with AJ picking up the victory. This was really good too. How they took out everyone. I, they look. You know, they did their little bit. Started the brawl. AJ and Finn to do their thing for the last little bit. I was. I wasn't really sure who was going to win here, to oh, be quite sorry. honest. I actually had. Yeah, I had. No clear idea about who was going to go over here. Ended up being AJ. Cool. Yeah, and I think too, like, I thought it was a really good match, but I could be off people think, oh, it should be better. But I think part of that reasoning is just that you don't want to do too much because you might want to do that match again. And it could even be like a WrestleMania or something like that. And so you want them to yeah to put on a good match, but also not go too crazy because you want that crazy match to be on a bigger stage. Not, not that this wasn't a big stage, but the you want the bill to be even bigger. You just want you just want it to be even better. I did think it was a really good match. Happened though, because they're I think in WWE they're one and one now. I think that because that was the second time, and that's just what I was thinking when I was watching. Not again, not really for me. 
I could I was watching enjoying it and thinking that I know there's going to be people complaining and saying they when they were in New Japan or and you know and why don't they let them wrestle like this because you know it's the new thing and all this and that and Triple H's and so I was just thinking how people are going to be doing that and I'm like yeah but you also want them to save that for a huge stage and if if you don't know what their plans are if that's going to be the plan for them oh there you go then yeah yeah just let them put on a really really good match and save that great match for a mania so yeah what's the next match <laughs> hello Sorry, my phone. No, I just said save. You kind of cut. Oh, I just said save it for mania. I I just said save it for mania. Save it for the next thing, and then I was waiting for you to talk about the next match. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of dead air. Next match. I was like, oh, did he finish what he was saying? Oh yeah. Just talk about the next match only. (laughs) Uh, Next up. Ronda Rousey retained the SmackDown Women's title over Shotzi, and it was a match. It is yeah, one of thought... the matches of all time that have ever happened. Yeah. I thought it was that... going yeah. decent, and then when Ronda didn't take that bump off the apron, I thought, oh, well, this just, this just ruined this match because... You needed Shotzi to have a spot that was really good and kind of make you believe. And that was kind of that spot. And Ronda didn't want to actually take it. So yeah. it looked awful. And then you knew, well, this match is over. She's going to tap her out here any minute now. And there there goes that. This is really weird, right? All right, so uh, we were having a little bit of troubles right there. Gordon. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about the issue. Some The audio probably sounds a little bit awkward. It's been a weird uh, couple, couple days. days with the internet. So apologies for the technical difficulty. I, I think we're good now. I think everything's fine. But, yeah, first little bit is going to be a little bit awkward. So about that back into what we were discussing we were on ronda rousey and shotzi blackheart for the smackdown woman's title from survivor series and we already talked about that next (laughs) yeah i think we said what we needed to say yeah the triple threat match for the united states championship and austin theory regained the u.s championship stealing it from seth rollins in the triple threat that also had bobby lashley in it that was it was a good way to do it because you know yeah yes he pinned seth but he didn't hit the move that you know that put him out and you know lash everybody still looks strong and everything so yeah especially after that match that match was fantastic they were going crazy Seth was you know diving outside of the ring he was jumping off of Theory's back to curb stomp Bobby Lashley which was ridiculous 
you had Bobby throwing people around and just destroying everyone in his way. And then Theory got in some great spots as well in this match because he's really good too. And yeah, the ending was awesome. You had the super plugs from Seth to Theory and then he was going to pick him up and do the Falcon Arrow to finish like that combo that he does. Lashley spears him while he's holding Theory up in the air. And Theory just, you know, he's like barely able to move, but he's able to move just enough to drape his arm across the chest of Seth Rollins. And he gets the pin. And yeah, it, that was really well done. I like that a lot. Yep. And then maybe that'll kind of silence people a little bit who thought they were totally, you know, just moving on from theory. He sucks and all this and that. It's like, he's just getting started. Calm down. Even, even if he didn't win this match, it wouldn't have mattered to me, you know, like it wouldn't have meant that, Oh, that means that he failed and, and that's it for him. But I think that kind of proves that that talk was very premature. Yeah. Definitely. And then that brought us to the main event, the men's war games match. This was all about the story with Sami Zayn and the Usos. Doubts have been creeping with him and with Jay Uso specifically in the lead up to this match about where his loyalties lie, especially with Kevin Owens on the other side of war games. But in the end, Sami Zayn proved loyal. He stuck with the bloodline through it all. It ended with the low blow to Owens, a halluva kick to KO, setting up Jay Uso to finish him off with the splash. The bloodline wins. Sami Zayn is loyal. And even Jay Uso has finally given in and has accepted Sami Zayn. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like, you know, you're going into it and you're thinking, okay, he's this is it. This is when either they turn on him or he, you know, he helps KO and and their team. And instead, he's I mean, during the match, like he's doing everything he's doing, you're like, okay, he's doing all this, but then in the end he's turning. Like that's what you're thinking yeah. the whole time. He's doing all this stuff to prove to Jay that that he's loyal and then yeah in the end he he stayed loyal but then did you see the thing that simon miller shared the little where he uh saw the uh just it was a still from the end of the match and he was kind of giving sammy the dirty look him and him and roman were kind of i saw like the end shot of him and roman like staring at sammy sammy yeah, I was like, oh, snap. So, like, you know. Oh, oh that's going to hurt. But, and that's the thing, right? So he's loyal. He proves it. But Roman Everyone's doesn't happy. It. Everyone loves Tame Uso. <laughs> but I think also everybody knows that. Well, I, I would think everybody assumes that Sammy's doing all of that to eventually turn right that's still my i still think no matter what 
it's just to fool everybody else, right? It's to fool like we we talked about this afterwards. We were kind of like saying how uh, you know you got to go all. I mean, you have to make them believe. Like there yeah. was one person still who didn't believe, and now he believes. So now they're all in, and now you can flip. You know, but they're making it seem like, well, yeah, but. Roman doesn't believe it. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. else saying, well, Roman always believed, but did he? You know? That's true. Now, he's just he's just smarter than everybody else. He's like, he's been watching and waiting and like, okay. And so this is supposed to be the thing that proved it and it proves it to everybody else. But all it did to Roman was go, I see what you're doing. You know, so that, that could that, be what's happening. I, yeah, I feel like I think it's a little bit harder now to really see where they're going because, like you said, you thought in this moment, in this match, it was like, we're going to see it. This is going to happen. And it didn't. They go basically the opposite direction. And now it's like, oh, okay, when are we going to see this? And how are we going to see this? You know, Sammy could still be the one to pull the trigger. Maybe he's not. Maybe he does stay low the whole time. But the bloodline just boot him. Well, see, I think, you know, we talked about he's going to be the reason why they break up, right? But yeah. I think now it's going to be for a different reason. Because Roman's going to take him out now at some point and and prove KO right. But then the Usos are going to be like, well, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Know? Like... That's Sammy Uso right there. And you just took, you know what I mean? And then suddenly it's going to bring all that back to where they were, you know, hesitant and all that. And so uh-huh. he's, he's still going to break up the bloodline, but not in the way that everybody kind of thought. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, this was really, I love they even like the stuff they're setting up before the match during the show with the backstage segments. He was talking to Jay and then Sammy and then to early in war games, you know, one of them was about to go in the cage, but Roman stopped him and sent Sammy because Jay was the first one in there. So he's yep. like, all right, go prove yourself. Get in there with Jay. Yep. This was, it was fresh for a war games match because of how story driven it was. Yeah. And it it worked so well. It was really good. Well, for this incarnation of war games. Like the old school war games had more story involved, but yeah. yeah. I know what yes. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah. Is that is that Russell? Well, that's WWE Survivor Series talk. What else you got? Anything? Yeah, happening? you also had on Dynamite couple returns. Hangman's back after his scary injury. He's back on Dynamite, and Ruby Soho's back. Both making their returns after some injuries recently. So I totally forgot that he was hurt. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because that happened in the Moxley match, right? Yes, and that's who he went after. Oh, that's funny. And then MJF 
turning on Regal. I had I was I initially saw it before like I watched it and I was like, oh dear. What is what is this? But after watching it and thinking back, you know, connecting the dots to their promo and everything, you know, at Full Gear, since Full Gear with the Moxley and Danielson promo the other week. I like it a lot. <laughs> and I think this sets up MJF and Danielson to have an awesome feud for the world title. And I can't wait for that. Yeah, we'll see. I have no idea. I had to watch it. I saw it. I'm like, that's stupid. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> when I see what, what I something like that happened so soon, I'm like, cause it didn't really make any sense for Regal to help him. And then if people will say, yeah, it did. No, it didn't. And then, you know, you're trying to sell it or whatever. And then you do this and, and you're saying, oh, it's to set this up. But you didn't. Yeah. Like I said, like for me, I don't really like it, but it's fine. It doesn't really matter. So. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. Yeah, things they do things at all wrestling. Oh, we talked about this many times. All companies do things. Sometimes they they go about setting up a match or a feud or something in a way that you're like, why did they do that? <laughs> and this is kind of one of them. Uh, but whatever, it's okay. Yeah, seeing just for me going back and seeing everything, I don't know why it was pretty obvious to me why I. Just for people who, because obviously, like, you don't see everything. And so you, you know, obviously, and so you see this, and I, I, I get what you're saying. You know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, so that's totally fair. But it was so obvious to me, you know, knowing everything that's happened, what this does, and for how many people that don't see it, I'm like, I'm so confused. Like, it, when you know everything, like, it, and you've seen everything and you've watched, like, it's so, like, I don't understand. What are people missing? Who have seen that? Who have been watching? Yeah, but what, okay, explain it. You're saying that, but you're not, you're not saying it. Wait, what there, it is. there's a lot, though, and I know we were trying not to take up too much time, but you go back to, you know, just the setup for the angle this week, you had, you know... But I'm James not talking about the angle for this week. I'm talking about the initial... The initial Regal helping him. That's the only thing the to initial, me that... If there... If, what's, what was the initial... Regal, been, Regal was trying to help MJF a long time ago when he was 19 at a child he had, you know... Okay. After. That has nothing to do with right now. And in no, the combat club and all of that. That's like saying, these guys wrestled together in Finland 55 years ago. So what? <laughs> like, that's right. what I'm talking about. Connections. Everybody has connections in wrestling to somebody else. I'm talking about how does it make any real sense that he turn and help MJF, MJF to begin with. That's the thing. 
So is there a reason that that happened? There was, but. Okay, but what is it? I, I was getting there, but. Well, yeah, but you you starting back when they had connections when they were 19, when he was 19. Like, but no, what's the real? Like, that's that's going way too far back. You said there is a lot. Like, but what does that have to do with anything? It was part of their promo a few weeks ago. Explaining the. Again, that's fine. I don't like that's just not a good promo. I don't care about something from. You know, how long ago was that? Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, what's the gist of it? Like, what's, you know, like, we need, I don't need every detail. I need the actual reason. He saw MJF trying to be the villain in wrestling, you know, dating all the way back then, even to now. And so he, Helped him then, and then uh, there was uh, after after their promo, and then MJF, like a week later, after saying he was going to do things a certain way, he actually saved Moxley from an attack because he initially wanted Moxley. He was saying he wanted Moxley 100% for the pay-per-view. So he helped Moxley from an attack from the firm, and the firm ended up attacking MJF too. And Regal reached out to him after that, one of the main points from their segment was Regal saying he still has so much more to learn. And that's what he tried to tell him years ago. He told him again. And then after that, he told him again and basically said, instead of reaching for his diamond ring, you got to reach for the brass one. And because he said he saw weakness in him and he wanted to see him become the villain because he had been trying to help him out you know long before he tried to tell him then in their promo and then he did it here so we told him that and then they met up behind closed doors before the pay-per-view which led to what happened at full gear happened that still does not make any sense as to why he turned on moxley like that's what I'm saying. Like that's fine and dandy that he likes and not only turned on him, but then tried to act like he didn't do anything and and Moxley should understand. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's a nice little story for those two in a way, but it doesn't make any actual sense. That's a whole lot of fluff for something that you're like, okay, but why would he turn on Moxley? for this reason like that that's what i'm saying like not not all backstory and not all stuff actually works and makes sense like that doesn't yeah that's yeah that's bad that's not good stuff (laughs) that did not change my opinion on that actually it only makes it worse because that's there's nothing legitimate there you need to be a bad guy he hasn't been a bad guy like Again, he was literally calling himself the devil. Like, okay, like that, that's awful. <laughs> like, honestly, that only just makes it worse to me. I'm like, really? And then he turned on him and you're like, okay. <laughs> doesn't make it. uh, it's all stupid. So now what am I supposed to be like? Oh, 
now everything's okay in the combat club. I'm like, get this. Like I said, they they do stuff. They try stuff. And I, I think their goal in this was to try to tell such, you're trying to tell such a good story. And in this one, it's just convoluted. Like you're, you're trying to say, oh, well, because Regal tried to tell him before. What does that have to do with him actually helping him beat Moxley? Really, at the end of the day, nothing. The gist of it is it had nothing to do with anything. It was ridiculous that he would turn on Moxley just because been trying to tell MGF for years that he needs to do a little bit more. Like, what? <laughs> okay, that's dumb. <laughs> Uh, anyways, moving on. <laughs> hey, that was pretty much yeah. That was those are things I wanted to mention this week for wrestling. All right, all right. Good pay per view. So, yeah, no, it was a great pay per view, and great to have people back. I I didn't even realize yeah. we'd be so done. I saw something this morning actually that said like where she had been but i didn't like read it i just saw a headline that said where'd she where has she been and i was like oh i didn't even know she was gone yeah she had been out since like all out yeah she had been gone for a little bit yeah and i mean i just look at it like unless i yeah because i forgot about hangman but once you mentioned it i'm like yeah i know he was hurt but other people especially in aew i don't think that much of it because people get breaks all the time in aew yeah. So unless I heard about an injury or I'm reminded, I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, they're just on a little break. And I don't, I don't watch all the time very often. So no idea. But good to have people back. And now we yeah. got to mention some stuff that we forgot to mention earlier when it came to the Seahawks. Um, we didn't actually give a prediction. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think they're going to beat the Rams. Oh, yeah, I do, too. So let's make sure. Just want to make sure we we said that just because we were talking about, you know, oh, they can't lose this game and da-da-da-da. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. We never said we think or didn't think they were going to lose. So there you go. And, you know, playing the Rams for the first time since B-Wags joined the team. We've kind of forgot to talk about B-Wags and, and just the fact yeah. it's the first time him going against the Hawks. It's not, it's not up here. I, I kept reading people's tweets saying, you better not boo B-Wags. And I'm thinking, I mean, they're in LA. <laughs> isn't the game in LA? Like I would hope that people that, wouldn't. Be them. Yeah. And I really don't think at the end of the year, anybody would just because it's the last game of the season. I think if the season, like, if it was between those two teams for like the last playoff spot, I could see the emotions getting the best. And then if he like said something crazy right before the game, but I think at this point, especially, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody would have before, but I think really now that when we get there, it's not going to happen, but he's having a good season to me. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, he was a highest graded middle linebacker in football and, you know, my thoughts, if he was on this team, the defense would be better. And, and oh, yeah, there, I think maybe early in the season, they cut, they probably 
had those same little issues, but I don't think they would have saw those same issues these last two weeks if he was on the team. So, you know, having him and Brooks as those two Roman middle linebackers, I mean, I think, I think we'd be much better off. And, and even if you look at Diggs, like, you know, a lot of people will point out the guys we'd have on this team and not have if we didn't, if we kept Wagner. And I honestly think the only person that would have not been on this team would have been Diggs because they they probably wouldn't have paid him. Mm-hmm. And I was of the opinion that it was good to resign him. But if you had asked me before that, if I wanted, you know, digs at the expense of Wagner I would oh heck no I don't want <laughs> no B-Wag should be on this team and if you really look at everything that's happened I think almost everybody if they could rewind would of uh, fans that is would uh would agree because Diggs has not been great this year yeah <laughs> but you know exactly and you know what are you gonna do about it, it, it it's fine I've just wanted to Kind of say that because I'm a huge BWAGS fan, and you know we're coming off two very, very bad defensive performances. <laughs> yeah. So let's not do that again. Yeah, exactly. Let's play better. Hope you know. I would love to see him have a great game, but you know I want the Seahawks to win first and foremost. So you know it would be nice if he has a great game, but you know we still kick their butts. But if he has a bad game and we kick their butts, that's fine too. You know, yeah. I know that if he has a bad game at the end of it, everybody's going to just say, this is why he's not on the team. But he's been, you know, okay. Much great he for them. He'll be the best linebacker on this team if he was here. So, yeah, exactly. So, and then one other thing that we forgot to mention, which is this one kind of baffles me. I forgot to mention earlier, but forgot to mention that. Uh, the same day, I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't announce this during the Seahawks bye week. Why did they wait for the morning of <laughs> the Raiders game? And it's like it's like they almost yeah. knew we were going to lose. So hey, let's drop this so that way you have something to be happy about. I'm like, why didn't you drop this during the bye week? But the Seahawks announced that they're going to be uh, next year. They're going to bring back the '90s throwback Seahawks uniforms, and I'm just like, about time. So happy. Yes, about time. Love it. Cannot wait to see oh, everybody in the throwbacks. And also, not just see them, but then, you know, when they put them on sale in the pro shops or wherever they put them, and you can get, you know, the players in the throwback jerseys. Like, oh, I cannot wait for that. Another reason why I'm pretty mad that BWAG's out of the team because to have a BWAG throwback jersey would have been amazing. And I know you can custom make them if you want, but. It's not the yeah. same. Not the same. Not the same. But, yeah, I mean, I can't They wait. waited too long, man. Bobby should still be here repping one of those jerseys, but they wanted <laughs> to put it off for however many years. Well, some people could talk about Rush should have been in, in those, too. Because remember how many times we would see people make those edits and you would see, like, Rush yeah. in them or B-Wax or whatever. And, and you're like, like oh. And you're not going to see either one of them. And, that, and you know, it, it's fine. Thinking in my head, like, who do I want? <laughs> who whose jersey do I want in those throwbacks? But you know, just so happy that we'll get to see him. And yeah, yeah, those, those games are going to be. We still get to see a uh, locket in those. 
So, yeah, I mean, he's probably he's gonna you know take over number two in Seahawk history, you know. And wouldn't that be crazy if on the day they're wearing the throwbacks, he passes Blades, who wore those jerseys, as the number as officially the number two receiver in like reception and yards? Wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be. I kind of hope that happens. <laughs> I know that would be, be awesome. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I would love it. I would love it. Heck yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll see if that happens. But yeah, can't cannot wait for that first. I mean, that's you know getting circled on the calendar, and we're I'm yeah can't cannot wait for that first time that they wear those jerseys. So, uh, yeah. Anything else NFL wise come up that we wanted to mention? I don't think so. Uh, well, Deshaun Watson's back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Start your the, I think people were fine watching the Browns because we all thought, you know, they were going to be awful. But they played pretty solid. And really, if their defense, the defense, which was supposed to be the strength of the team, hasn't been the strength of the team. And, yeah, I mean. You're watching them and you're like, oh, surprising. They're they're pretty good with Jacoby and uh, now Deshaun's back and now you don't even want to you don't want to see a single highlight. No. Like I want to see the clip like taking the field for the first time. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like that's immediate. I'm changing it. So yeah. Ooh, that man. But yeah, then, 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 Yeah, I think oh. that Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was just saying. Outside of that, I think that that's about it. All right. Well, I don't think. I think we might have said we didn't have MCU talk, but something happened yesterday. Something dropped. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three teaser trailer dropped yesterday. Oh my goodness! This was and the feels. Now, first of all, they start off. Now, if you haven't seen it. Just stop now because I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil the beginning for you anyway. <laughs> they land on this planet and they're talking about, we've been gone a long time. And so you're wondering like, well, where have they been? Is there a time jump? You're kind of wondering that. Like, did, did we jump forward in time? Or, you know, is it just because we haven't seen the Guardians in their own movie for a while? Is that why, why they were saying that? Who knows? Land on some planet talking about coming in peace or whatever. Little girl rolls a ball to Drax. Drax picks up the ball, basically dumb and dumbers her and just hits her right in the face with the ball. (laughs) (laughs) So off guard. I I had to stop the video for a few minutes. I I was losing it when I saw that. Uh, So that's just how it's We're going to start the trailer that way. Start with the hilarity, right? It's awesome. And then, you know, it's a teaser trailer, so it's just, you know, jumping all around. You've got, you know, a little... Uh, I, I We had heard before that you were going to get some backstory on Rocket, and you could tell that because you see, yep. like, basically a little baby raccoon and somebody kind of reaching for him and him looking, like, scared. And you have... Then you have Rocket looking like, you know... He's all messed up and it's saying that, you know, they're going to ride off together one last time. And so, and we, again, we, we've heard that 
not everybody's making it out of this one. Or this yeah. is the last time we're seeing this incarnation of the team together. So you're you're immediately thinking, oh man, is Rocket gonna die? And yeah, you're just you get a shot of um of the high evolutionary, a couple shots of the high evolutionary. Yeah. Who is the villain? You get some shots of um Adam Warlock. So that was really cool to see. And yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. What else stood out? Groot is Jack. Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. I'm like, dang, what the (laughs) heck is Groot, man? (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness. What the heck? That is not what he looked like before. What the heck happened to him? Drax put him through some training or something, I guess. (laughs) I guess. I guess so. For some people, right? Yeah. <laughs> and some trees. Hey, Groot is ripped. I did think, though, that when I saw him, I was like, yeah, he's big and everything, but he also doesn't look like a tree almost anyway. And maybe it was because yeah. just of what he was wearing, you know? But mm-hmm. it did catch me off to think that he, though he looked Jack, and maybe it's just because he looks so different that I thought that way, but he stood out not just because he was jacked, but also because he didn't look like a tree, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's a teaser and you're not getting too many great shots. And maybe I won't think that at all. Once again, it's the teaser way earlier than anybody thought they were going to get it. So I'm sure they're going to do a lot of post-production still. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, after Wakanda Forever, I'm like, man, I don't need to cry seven times during a movie. Man, Why does it feel more like emotion? <laughs> what are you putting us through, Marvel? Come on. They're like phase four. You guys weren't totally happy with it. Was too. It was a little bit too fun. So we're gonna put it out on making you cry, and then we're gonna. You know, we're going to start off phase five with some Ant-Man and the Wasp, which look like there's going to be some <laughs> some tough moments. Oh, and that's going to be. <laughs> I, I'm very terrified to see what the heck Kang is going to do to those guys. Yeah, is everybody making out of that one alive? You know, and now, like, okay, so if you go back to the, you know, the other phases, the earlier ones, like, not a lot of people died, and then, you know, Obviously, Iron Man died, and then other than villains, right? And then Phase Four, you got a lot of you know joking around, and you did have people you know die, but they weren't like I don't mean to be rude, like to Jane Foster. I, plus, they basically showed you that she's coming back, but you know, yeah, it wasn't like who you th- thought. Not it wasn't somebody you had this attachment to, mm. and so now. Again, like if anybody in the Ant-Man family dies, you've had attachment to them. If anybody from the Guardians die, you had attachment. Just like, you know, when Yondu passed away. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's going to be so emotional. And then we're going to get another Kevin Smith video of him crying, which I'm totally fine with. But Twitter has suddenly just turned on Kevin Smith for showing pictures of himself crying after every sad part in a movie and I'm like let him do what he wants who cares but yeah 
You're like, like Who's <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't think I know who you're talking about, but I don't uh, hate so what he's doing at all. The director, and uh, you know who he is. He's been on AEW. He's promoting oh. Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and oh, yeah, he was. He's a director, and he's a huge comic book fan. He's written comic books. He's directed different uh, TV shows and tons of movies. And anyways, after every video, every, every movie, he pretty much always posts a reaction, especially if something made him cry, <laughs> of him crying, ever since he had like a heart attack and almost died. And so people recently have been getting on him about it. Like, crying at a comic book movie. Like, who cares? <laughs> I know. People have weird complaints about others. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do, right? So, <laughs> anyways, I think that's it. Yeah, thank you. That covers everything. Sorry for the technical difficulties on this week's episode in our multiverse. We'll make sure that doesn't happen next week. Oh, we have no control over that. So, so if it happens, sorry. <laughs> just, just bear with us, okay? <laughs> with that, we will see you all next week. Peace out.